Alrighty then, welcome everybody to our online audience to Restore to Life Church. So glad that you could join us. I know it's been a little bit, but I was on um, a sabbatical, so lots of uh, praying, of course, resting, um, which is smart for anybody uh, in ministry, especially pastors, to do. We don't do that enough, um, and I got to admit, it was a bit difficult. I can only go so long without doing something before I'm chomping at the bit to do it again, but I'm obedient to the Lord, so fasting as well. Um, so hey, legal eagles don't get offended that I just mentioned fasting. Um, but you know, I, I, I can honestly tell you, uh, there was quite a shift, um, uh, breaking freedom, empowering so much more, but I'll go into that on tomorrow's show on restoring your voice. Uh, by the way, did you know that you can watch this now from my website? So davidcmcguire.org, uh, it's live streaming right now from the website. Go to the website, check it out. And when you go there, don't forget to sign up for the newsletter, right? Because um, like yesterday, I said I sent out what um, what I was going to be preaching um, out about. So don't miss that. Um, you're going to miss. Um, I'll, I'll I'll write blogs. Um, probably I'm going to try to do it once a week. No promises on that. Um, but you can find everything there. All right. Just like after this video is done. Uh, it's going to get posted to the website. So check it out. Okay. So, yeah, I know, um, you know, lots has been happened. Lots has happened uh, since last um, you saw my face. Um, I did do a show on Restoring Your Voice on Roe versus Wade. Um, but to say it officially from the pulpit one, I am, I am stoked. All right. I am so proud uh, that now uh, abortion is no longer uh, federally legalized anymore okay so my stance is our stance as this church by the way is completely pro-life we do not believe there is any reason nor excuse for an abortion period period the end regardless of the situation if that offends you well so be it but um well you might need to consider some things in your own life by the way but you know it's been horrible in america uh you know people literally bang for blood right we see that in the government uh we see that just all over, you'll see people literally bang for blood of the unborn. It's sickening. You know, it's even worse, though, is the silence from the pulpits on this matter. That the majority of pulpits in America have been silent about this topic of abortion and the overturning Roe versus Wade, and that should sicken you, right? And if that's your church, you need to confront your pastor lovingly, of course, but you need to bring that up. Why Why were you silent? Why, why haven't you talked about this? Um, so, Lots going on. Um, I got lots of um, interviews ready to in the shoot to air. Um, I already got interviews booked since I've been um, for this week. Anyway, so all that. Um, yeah, I don't think I can have uh, any more announcements right now. Um, but by the way, I am stoked as well that I'm much watching the view count on my uh, Roe versus Wade uh, episode is jumping up. So thank you. First of all, I appreciate everybody who listens to these uh, shows. Um, why am I stoked? Not because it's fame or fortune, but because people are listening to the truth, the biblical truth being spoken. Um, and that's not enough of going on. And I believe that will, it's a, it's a good segue into today. Um, not enough truth being spoken because not enough people are truly empowered by the Holy Spirit. Uh, not enough people even know what the purpose of the power of the Holy Spirit is. And that's, so we're launching into a new sermon series called The Biblical Church. The Biblical Church, because let's face it, right? All you do, all right, any, any lick of common sense will tell you that the church in America, by and large, does not at all look like the biblical church. 
right? We're all about growing those numbers and pumping those numbers up and lights and, and, and things and, and nothing is wrong with um, numbers. Nothing is wrong with it, but it's not a numbers game to God. All right. Right. Why? Right. Well, <clears throat> narrow is what? Narrow is a path. Narrow is a door. Jesus said, few are who find it. Many are called, but few are chosen. Right. And we see that. Uh, I've mentioned it. Maybe, maybe you're watching this is the first time you heard it. But did you know that only 37% of pastors in America have a biblical worldview? And I was, and I was, and I pondered that. And I'm thinking, if only 37% of pastors have a biblical worldview, imagine now. I was thinking this to myself. Imagine. How many professing Christians, right? Even less than 37% have a biblical worldview. And I was thinking that. And, and sure enough, the numbers came out. And those numbers even worse than 37%. You may be watching right now, and that may be you. And you're like, brother, what do you mean? What, 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 what do you mean by that? Well, a biblical worldview would tell you you have to be a mission for God every day of your life. A biblical worldview tells you you have no right to be trapped in sin. A biblical worldview tells you that. A biblical worldview will tell us that grace is not a license to sin because it says so right in the Bible in Romans chapter 6. Paul starts off that portion of, the, of his letter to the church in Rome with that very specific idea of grace not being a license to sin. And in fact, it's, it's the opposite. But we like to do that in America. We want our sin in Jesus too. It doesn't work that way. Let me tell you what, friends. Jesus was never concerned, even in his earthly ministry with numbers. He never chased after people. I know we like to take that one scripture out of context. Well, he'll leave the 99 to go after the one. That's just talking about going after the lost. What it's not saying is that Jesus constantly, constantly, he showed me one time in scripture where Jesus begged people to come back to him. Yeah, did you know how people left? Maybe you don't know this. Many times in the Bible, Jesus would, would be before the crowds. He would be before the crowds. He would say radical truths, right? We, we can, well, they're not radical, but, you know, we, we consider them radical these days. And then they would leave. You know what Jesus never did? He never said one word about it. He never said, hey, please come back. Oh, I'm sorry I offended you. But that's what we do today in American church. So many false teachers preaching from pulpits. Now, that's a, that's a really difficult term, right? It's a very serious term to, to throw out because false teachers are not people who get it wrong. False teachers who deliberately lead people astray from God, right? And I see it all the time. I see just on Twitter alone, I see, I, I, and I scratch my head, why, why would you be a Christian and follow these certain people, right? These people who, man, the most craziest beliefs they have. You know, those types of people with, um, what, what do you call it, um, pronouns in their profile. People who, who think they can form God into their own image. It's okay for me to live in sin. It's okay, da, da, da. No, it's not. But we have a wrong view of the power of the Holy Spirit, why it's here. See, see, we love, we think it's to get, you know, books published, right? It's, it's, we think perhaps it's to go on the Christian 
talk show circuit, right? We we think it's it's okay. Let let me you know what the purpose of the power of the Holy Spirit is is for me to tell people quote unquote secrets, secrets of this, secrets of that, you know, which I which I I find repulsive by the way, and I refuse to buy book with those with that title and their secret of this, secret of that. Why? Because there's no such thing as as brand new revelation. We might have deeper revelation, but every truth we need to know, every truth that God decided we should know about him is found right here in this book. Then we may, we, we may need help understanding that truth, and we may, read the, we may read the same scripture over and over again, and we get a deeper revelation, but there's no new revelation of it. Yet we have people out there thinking they have a brand new revelation, you know? I can take elevator trips to heaven. There's nothing in this Bible about that. There's people, oh, I've met Jesus, I've gone to heaven. They treat it flippantly, right? They, 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 they treat it like going out to Denny's. No different than that. Yeah, every person who's ever met the living God face to face in any form has been forever wrecked and changed. You know, Pastor Shane Adelman uh, last Wednesday preached on this about Isaiah and, and, and Isaiah chapter 6 coming to God. You know what Isaiah did? So praise God, I'm going to go write a book. Praise God, I'm going to get my words published on Elijah's list. No, he didn't say that. He said, I'm a man of unclean lips. When he came face to face with the living God. He said, I am undone. That's the normative reaction if somebody has truly come face to face with a portion of the living God. True power, true change, radical transformation. But we in the American church have no idea. We don't know. We're just, you know, you know what the American church is like, Samson. Where, where the word of the, where, where the scriptures tell us that the spirit departed from Samson and he didn't even know it. He didn't even know it. How sad is that? A man, you may know of him, you may not, but I would recommend you listen to his sermons, his audio sermons out there. But A.W. Tozer said this. Mind you, Tozer died in the 60s. I don't know exactly when this quote was written, but let's let, look at this quote. It says, if, he said, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we would do would go on and no one would know the difference. However, if the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop, and everybody would know the difference. Why would Tozer say? Now, I fully believe this is where we're at right now in the American church. This is where we're at, people living in sin. I think it's okay. You know, there, there are actually people who get vile with me because they say, oh, oh we're, we're sinners. When I buck up against that and speak the biblical truth about freedom, people get vile with me. I get all sorts of insane accusations which I don't mind, by the way, but I'm just saying, what, what in the world have we come to when people think we don't have freedom from sin in Christ? We're no longer slaves to sin. Well, I don't know where you can find that. Maybe the Bible. But we're not the biblical church here in America. We, we've got a, uh, some weird, wacky idea of how things should operate. We say we have the Holy Spirit. How, how often 
in our services do we even make room for the Holy Spirit anymore? Oh, sorry, Holy Spirit. I can only go for, you know, 30 minutes. Right? I got, I, well, well, just so I can release the people from church and they can spend hours watching football. Can't make time for the Holy Spirit, but make time for the NFL. How sad is that? Right? We can't make time for the Holy Spirit, but we can make time to go out to Sunday lunch. Spend who knows how long in there eating, gorging, getting fat. We can't make room for the Holy Spirit. We can't make time for the Holy Spirit. And then we wonder, why do we lack the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, because we don't let him in. That's why. That's why. Well, let's come before the Lord in prayer. Lord, we, we pray today. Send your conviction upon us. Lord, we need revival in the church once again. We need that revival in the church. We need revival in our own lives, in our own hearts. Oh, Lord, there's so much junk in our trunk. It ain't funny, Lord. We, we profane your name because we live in the sin. We live powerless lives and yet dare to identify with the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, how we have profaned your name here in America. How we lack power. We lack it. And, Lord, as the darkness encroaches, it's not because it's become, the darkness has become greater. It's because, Lord, we have refused to let your light shine. We have refused to be that city on a hill. Lord, forgive us today. Lord, convict us today. Lord, speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so <clears throat> we have this promise of power from Jesus. Right? He's about to ascend into heaven. He's about to ascend into heaven. But he, he's going to tell his disciples something radical here. So in Acts 1, and we'll be mainly in the book of Acts today. In Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 4. Being assembled with them, he commanded them, Do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, of which you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates, which the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you, but you shall receive power, power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is what Jesus told them. He knew they needed power. You see that? He knew they couldn't live without the power of God in them. Because up until this point, the Holy Spirit had not been poured out on all believers. Up to this point in time, the Holy Spirit had yet to be poured out. And this is why I don't believe that there's a subsequent baptism of the Holy Spirit that I believe at the moment you get saved, you get infilled, and you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, one and done deal. Because th this is not, this is just a one-off because it had not happened yet. So, so let's realize that first and foremost. Now, can we get more of the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. Yes, there is junk in our life that we need to get out. Right? It's no different than, and I made this analogy plenty of times before, is you have a glass. If you have a glass filled with something and you try to put something else in there, it doesn't work. Right? You can't fill the glass with water if you have orange juice in it, for instance. 
You have to get the orange juice out. You have to clean the inside of the cup to be filled properly. Otherwise, you're going to have some orangey tasting water. It's not going to work out so well. Or whatever liquid combination you want to think about. And we don't do that in American church. We think, we think, we dare to think that we can be filthy inside and the Holy Spirit's going to be there. Let me tell you what. The holy and the profane can never coexist, ever. I know in America coexists. You probably see coexist bumper stickers all over the place. It's evil. It's of, it's of Satan. You know, we are either a sinner or we are a saint. Right? We are either profane or we are holy. And I've talked about this where I highlighted the Greek for saint is holy. It means holy. And the Lord commands us in Scripture to be holy as he is holy. Believers are called, what are we called in the New Testament? We are called the temple of God, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you what, God's presence will never fill something profane, right? If, if you read the Old Testament, which many of you probably don't, and it's a sad bet in America that we so easily, casually dismiss the Old Testament, that we're no longer students of the word, that we're lazy slackers, who are so ignorant in the Bible, it's not funny. Yet we can read, God had to stay in us for the, for the physical temple. Every time, like before, before Solomon built it, when they would carry it, there were rules how, how, how it would have to be cleansed. There were rules for the high priest who had to enter. Before he even made the sacrifice in Yom Kippur, for instance, he had to make a sacrifice for himself and make sure that he was cleansed before he came into the presence of God. And yet we dare to think in America that we can be sinful and come into the presence of God. The Holy Spirit has departed and we don't even know it. We don't even know because we're playing church in America. Brothers and sisters, I tell you assuredly, as the sun is up today, the persecution is coming. Are you ready? We're not ready for it. And by and large, the persecution is heating up fast and fierce. I'm telling you, I believe this is a word from the Lord. And I say this with humility. And I don't say this joyfully. And I certainly don't, don't, don't mean to make this clickbait. But persecution is coming soon. You don't, we don't get to escape it. And I'll get into that in a, in a second. We don't get to it. But, but the church by large is just playing church, playing Christian. And yet when the persecution comes, how many will bow the knee? How many are going to say, you know what? Whew, I can't live a difficult life. I can't do that. What are you talking about? I, I, thought, I thought the Christian life was all about health, wealth, and prosperity. The Lord... The, the Lord wanted me to come to him just so he could bless me. Just so I could get more friends. A platform. A, a bigger car. Whatever it may be. That's not biblical Christianity. Biblical Christianity, first and foremost, is transformative, my first point for today. Let, let, let's, let's read here from 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Know this, in the last days, perilous times will come. Aren't we here right now? Aren't we here right now? Men will be lovers of themselves, 
lovers of money, prosperity gospel, boastful, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. We don't we see that today. TikTok, hint, hint. Unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, slanders, unrestrained, fierce despisers of those who are good. Hmm. Traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Turn away from such people. Let me tell you right now. Let me tell you right now. The, the, the list right there that, that Paul wrote was for a reason, first and foremost. Because this was happening in his day. This was happening in the area that, that, that Timothy was ministering in. This is what was going on. So it's not anything new. It's just guaranteed. Isn't, don't, don't we see this happening at a greater degree and a greater pace today in America and around the world? We see this happening. We see where, where people, like I said, would rather watch football for hours on end, which bores me to death if I'm frank because of his endless commercials, but they would rather watch that than listen to a sermon. What is that? What would that be? Oh, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Because we have a problem with idolatry, don't we? Sports has become our idol, isn't it? Right? What else has become our idol? Movies, right? The, the length of movies is ever increasing while the length of church services in America are ever decreasing. And if you are a, a true lover of God, that should grieve you. Let me say that one more time for you. The length of movies in America, produced in America, are increasing, and we see that. Now, it's no longer two hours. It's not good enough. Now, it must be two and a half. Three, four. And yet, the length of church services in America are decreasing. No longer can we, can we, can we sit through a church service. Now we get antsy. This is boring. Come on, preacher. Wrap it up already. Come on, I got, I got stuff to do. You're denying the power of God. You have a form of godliness because you say, well, I go to church, brother. I'm obeying the Bible. Well, going to church doesn't make you a Christian or saved any more than me going to Whataburger makes me a cheeseburger. You have a form of godliness, but you lack the power thereof. And we see that today. Blasphemers out there. Ever more increasing, I see this blasphemy of Unitarianism. Denying the very divinity of Jesus, and people have the chutzpah to call themselves Christians. A heresy, by the way, that was condemned many over a thousand years ago because of a man named Arius who preached this heresy. And he was condemned as a heretic. But we, we think it's okay to deal with such people. Lovers of money. Now, I'm not, I'm not begrudging anybody if they're rich by any means. Praise God for it, but it's not normative. 
Hey, praise God. You publish books and people are reading them and you're making money from it. Praise God for it. As long as they're godly books, as long as you're using that money to advance the kingdom of God. Nobody said people who, who earn their money through hard work can't have nice things. The problem is, the problem is when they're no longer doing stuff for the kingdom of God. That's the problem. Not begrudging anybody with, with, with well-off to do well at all. All right, we need more well-off to do Christians who, who are, because they are Christians, they're willing to advance the kingdom through various ways. Don't, don't we see this? Disobedient to parents. I said TikTok while I was reading this, right? TikTok talent challenges. Let me tell you what. No true child raised of godly parents would ever come out with the, let me be nicer, nonsense and rubbish that you see today. Now, I don't know exactly. I just hear about what's on TikTok. I'm out on TikTok. No plans to get on there ever in the future. Right? But the, the look, look at this. I don't, I don't know if it's still going on, but not too long ago, they were tearing schools up as part of a TikTok challenge. Let's steal, let's steal the sink. Let's steal the hand soap. Let's do this. Disobedient to parents. Whew. Unthankful. Don't, how many of you walk around and you can't even thank God? You, oh, woe is me. It's another day. It'll probably rain. But you're walking out there sounding like Eeyore. Maybe if you open up your mouth and stop complaining instead of being thankful to God, you, you stop bringing everybody else down around you. You stop sucking the joy out of us. Did you wake up today? Thank God. Let me tell you what, brothers and sisters, as an Iraq war veteran three times who also got wounded, I came close. I came way too close to dying way too many times not to be thankful just to be able to wake up. And yet some of you have never even experienced anything close to that. And please hear my heart on this. I'm being humble. The point is you have never even experienced and you can't be thankful for God for one thing. Close on your back. When the majority of the world lives in poverty. No, America is not a macrocosm of the world. No, the majority of the world lives in abject poverty. Persecution. Yet we have people here who can't be thankful for, for, for the most minuscule of things. Freedom of speech. Freedom of religion. Though the government is trying to clamp down on that. Houses, cars, jobs, food. So many things right there just to start for day to be thankful with. But people cannot even dare to be thankful. Woe is me. Woe unto me. If the Bible warns us, don't don't be murmurers. Right? Don't complain. It's not it's not easy. I know I, I get that it's easier said than done. I completely understand that. But it still tells us not to do it. Natural affection. You know what a natural affection is? A natural affection is for a man to a woman and a woman to a man. Not a woman to woman, not a man to man. Right? A natural affection for, for who God made us to be. And God made the male and female, and they're not interchangeable. A male will always be a male. A female will always be a female. I don't care what anybody says. Right? I don't care what idiot awards they give out nowadays for this. A male will always be a male. 
A female will always be a female. They're not interchangeable. Did, did you catch that? Now, there you go, big media. There you go, tech giants. I said it, and I don't regret it. So much of this. Let me tell you, you can't live like the devil and claim you have the Holy Spirit. You can't have, you can't be a part of this list right here and claim you have the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. How can we be controlled by these sins and more that are listening in the Bible? Liars, cowards, adulterers, sexual morality. And yet we claim, we, we dare come against the holy and living God and say we have his Holy Spirit living in us. What, what's the first part of the Holy Spirit's name? Holy. Holy Spirit. We, 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 I think we, we in the American church have, have gotten to the point where we just gloss over the holy part. We don't even recognize. We don't contemplate it. Holy is different from the world. Other synonyms for the word holy. Consecrated, sanctified, set apart. And more synonyms for holy. Another one, saint. Don't claim to be a saint. Oh, I, I'm, I'm struggling to break free from this. No, you're not struggling. Plus, no man struggles to break free from his sin. It's impossible. It's not going to happen. It literally cannot happen. Because there's only the power of God to set men free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. That is the only path to freedom. There is no other. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We, we think, well, it's merely salvation from death to life. Yes. But, but what does that look like? Freedom from sin. No longer a slave to sin. That's what that looks like in reality, in practicality. It doesn't say, well, I, I came to salvation, but I'm still addicted to porn. What? How dare you? Holy. We're either set free from sin. I know people say, well, brother, that means you're saying you're perfect. You're saying you're no, you no longer sin. Hey, if you want to go there, go there by all means. If somehow you made that, that jump from what I said to what I actually mean, that's up to you. Let me tell you what I, 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 what I say, I say with all humility, because I know the power of God to set men free. I've experienced it. I came to the living God and I was set free from pornography. By the power of the living God, by the way, only. I was set free from being a man of raging violence. Of being controlled by anger. And so much more. It's the, that's the power of God. And I know it in my own personal life. I know what the Bible says. I know what this word of God says. And I know it's, transfer, it's the transformative power of God in my life. Therefore, I, can, I can't speak anything other than that. Freedom. Freedom from sin. The transformative power. From the old into the new by the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Have you become new today? Right? Or do, or I, I, I see people like this. Oh, I'm, I have these, these, oh, these evil thoughts in my head. Well, maybe because you don't have the power to take your thoughts captive as the Bible commands us. To cast down vain imaginations that exalt themselves against God. 
Bible commands us. It tells us, be transformed by the what? By the renewing of our minds, of the way of thinking, not our brains, but our way of thinking, right? And we know that, that the, uh, <coughs> the, the word repent in the New Testament, in the Greek, is metanoia. What does that mean? A change of mind. We're supposed to be transformed by what? Repenting, by coming to God, by turning away from the world and his sins. And not looking back, looking towards God, right? Stop being like, so, so many of you are like Lot's wife. God tells you, come out. Go, flee. The Bible tells you that, right? Flee from what? Sexual morality, for instance. Flee from sin, the Bible tells us. Yeah, many of you are like, mm, I don't know about that. Oh, man, that club looks awfully good right now. Oh, man, that pornography on the computer? Wow, you know, it's easy for me. It doesn't require any work on my part with a woman. I can get what I, what I, what I want without making any type of sacrifice. Woohoo! Man, getting drunk? Mmm. Mmm. I don't know, that, Mary, that marijuana, that Mary Jane is calling my name. Keep looking back. You wonder why you have no freedom. Stop looking back. Look to God. So, second point. It's not for our means. So, the purpose of power is, one, transformative. To transform us from death into life, from sinner to saint. From profane to holy. The second point. The purpose of power is not for our means. Acts 1.6 so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? What they were asking the Lord is God. We, we hate these Romans. They're oppressive. Man, remember the glory days of David? Remember the golden age of Israel, Lord? Are you going to come and do that now? <laughs> no. Jesus wasn't come, coming to do that. They wanted it done their way. They had this idea in their heads. That's why they were asking that. They took, they took what was written in here and twisted it. What we do today, we take so many things out of context. That's what they did. Right? I don't know exactly what they were thinking of. Perhaps they were thinking of Daniel's uh, prophecy. Perhaps other messianic prophecies about the second coming of Christ. Who knows? But they were thinking of that. They wanted their means. Because, it's, because the power of God is, is not for our personal means. Right? God, we want to restore America. America is so awesome. That's not God's purpose. His purpose is to change lives. Sure. Sure. Yes, absolutely. We should, we should see if we can have a kingdom-powered purpose on our current culture. But it must be done first by being transformed by God and then seeking to see others transformed by God. It's not a political agenda. They said, hey, Jesus, are you, are you going to restore the, the Republicans to the White House? Well, I probably just pricked a whole bunch of people saying that one. 
Because Republicans are not our saviors, though. By the way, most of them are just as junk as the Democrats anyways. None of them get anything done in these days, for the most part. And yet, that's what we want. Lord, restore. Have you come to restore Trump to the White House? Ooh, probably just picked a whole bunch of people there. Trump is not our savior. Jesus is. How about we focus on Jesus restore me? Lord, restore our love for you. Restore our holiness for you. And whether or not whoever leads in the White House or doesn't lead in the White House, who's ever in Washington or not, regardless, will live for Christ. Living for Christ is not dependent on who's in power. Why? Because God is all-powerful. I think we forget that sometimes. God is omnip omni <laughs> omnipotent, right? God is omnipotent. Think about that for a second. I'll take a drink of water. He's all-powerful. He's all-powerful. That means regardless of who's, who, who a ruler is, whatever land they may be, other lands are here in America, it doesn't matter. But throughout all time, God has always been all-powerful. Do you honestly think there's anybody who can ever defeat God? God crushed the mightiest empires in the world like that. The Akkadians came against the ten northern tribes first. They became too brutal. God said, no, wait a minute. No, you went too far. Done. The Babylonian Empire, where's that one today? Gone. Where's the Persian Empire today? Gone. Where's the Greek Empire today? Gone. Where's the Roman Empire today? Gone. Why? Because all of those empires came against the living God. And God crushed them. And yet somehow we think America's going to escape God's judgment? What, America's so great that God won't pour out his judgment and wrath upon us? You better, you got another thing coming, friends. Now, over 63 million babies. I don't know what the exact number is nowadays. Over. 63 million babies since the, since the inception when Roe versus Wade. And you honestly think with our refusal to get right, with people baying for blood with pulpits silent on this issue, we forget that God is all-powerful and God is just because he is God. And God re always requires justice. He either requires justice through, through the blood of the Lamb But he must. The Bible makes it explicitly clear about blood. We think somehow we get to escape it while we live powerless lives. While we think we want we want to make God our our I don't know sky daddy with a vending machine, right? Maybe if I just say it enough times, word of faith movement, it'll happen. I just come somehow. So God, I have no faith, and now he he's manipulated into, into answering my prayers. That's not biblical Christianity. Because the purpose of power, next point, is for Jesus. It says here in Acts 1, 7 through 8, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates, which the Father is fixed by his own authority. And there's a whole other teaching on that. But let me tell you what, people are trying to give dates and times forever, right? How many books have been published? Well, Jesus is returning now. 
How many how many words have been published? Jesus is returning soon. Here we are. The midpoint of 2022. Jesus ain't coming. When is Jesus returning? All I know is we are one day closer to his return. That's it. That's all I can tell you. We are one day closer to his day, to his day of return. How about that? We'll leave it at that. Anyway, and verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. Whose witnesses? The witnesses of Jesus. Oh, wait a minute. Not, not, the, not the Jehovah's Witnesses? <laughs> right? Not the witnesses for the, for the uh, Southern Baptist Convention? Right? Not, not the witnesses for my church, my ministry? Oh, wait a minute here. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's the purpose. Being witnesses for Jesus. Showing the world a better way. I've said this time and again. You know, the reason why the world wants something to do with us more and more is because we look like the world. We operate like the world. We talk like the world. We love the same things as the world loves. So why do you, is there any, so what reason, in all honesty, does the world want anything to do with us? What are we offering them that's different than they already have? Heck, they can get it easier anyways. Entertainment. Church church right down the road from us. I'm not going to say who they are. Right? Put up billboards for movie nights. Why would, it, why would the world want anything to do with that? You know? Heck, I can go on Amazon Prime and watch movies, a lot of movies for free anyways. I didn't go to church for that. That's why the world wants nothing. What are you offering me? That's different. Number four. Well, now let me, uh, yeah, let me, I'll skip over that. Number four is to endure. It's not for, so the purpose of power is to endure, not for comfy lives. Now, on your screen should be a list, you may have forgotten, of all the different things they had to endure. You can read these for yourselves. Talks about how, look, right off the bat, just started, just birthed this new movement. Right off the bat, jailed, arrested, flogged, martyred, put to death, more put to death. Yeah, that's called biblical Christianity. And they endured all of that for the sake of the cross, for the sake of Christ, gladly. You know, it, it comes to mind Stephen's martyrdom. Stephen being martyred. He didn't, you know, he doesn't cry out, Lord, save me from this. I can't do this. What he, you know, what he didn't do either was back down in the face of adversity. He cried out, Lord. He didn't say, save me from this. He, he cried out to the effect of, save them. And he willingly did it joyfully. And we can't even do things joyfully when the Wi-Fi goes out. Oh, I was deplatformed from, from social media. Well, whoop de do, Wah, wah, wah. So you can watch stuff on the website, davidcmcguire.org. Just in case it ever happens. But it's to endure. True persecution, not just Americanized version of persecution. 
Oh my gosh, the long was lying at Chick-fil-A today. Well, not today, it's Sunday. Persecution. L listen to this from uh, Acts 5. Uh, Acts chapter 5, 41 through 42. Acts chapter 5, 41 through 42. Then they departed from the presence of the Sanhedrin, okay, rejoicing that they were kind of worthy to suffer shame for his name. Daily in the temple from house to house, they did not cease to teach or preach Jesus Christ. Did, did you catch that? Rejoicing. They rejoiced. They were like, woo, yeah, party time. High five and chest bumps, fist bumps. Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. They're probably singing psalms about this. Hey, they were Jews, man. Jew, man, you ever listen to some Jews rejoicing, man? It's a wonderful sound. That's some, that's some really great music. They probably broke out the tambourines and the harps and the lyres. Sung songs about it. Woo, we're rejoicing. Yeah, we got persecuted, man. Woo. So I'm sitting there, man, I should be a part of that. I need to be persecuted. Wow. Am I suffering yet? I guarantee you, probably people sitting there. Yeah, I, I haven't suffered. I don't think I'm doing my job yet for Christ. Yeah, we somehow think in America we get a pass. Whoa, we don't have this. this we somehow think this does not apply. In fact, we've gone so far away from God that we think that those who suffer are ungodly. How sad is that? Oh, you don't have enough faith. Let me tell you, brother and sister, if you don't think you have to suffer and you get out of suffering, you don't have enough faith. From, I, I dare you, one just one time, connect with a ministry of some sort that goes overseas, not to places like France, by the way, like Africa, Iran, places like that. Go there. And then claim that you have more faith than the people suffering. What are you going to do in the face of a machete being branded towards you? Ready to hack you to bits and pieces. Oh, that's reality every day around the world for Christians. Go, go, be, go, go get thrown maybe in a Turkish prison. See how long you last. See, see, how, see how, how often you start to claim how much faith you have and how much, and how much other people are lacking in faith. I guarantee you'll change your tune. And you'll never speak this speak like that, speak uh, junk like that again. Endure. Endure. How many times are we told that in the Bible? How about just the book of Revelation alone? To he who endures to the end. Only if we endure. Only if we are willing to endure. And therefore, we will only be able to endure if we have the power of the Holy Spirit. Then we get the inheritance. But we stop before the battle's over. It ain't happening, friends. We want to cry about the, the, the most insane, quote-unquote, difficulties. Well, they said bad words about me. That's not a reason to complain. That's a reason to rejoice. Jesus said so. He said rejoice. Rejoice when men say all evil evil things about you. What? Rejoice about that. Yeah, in fact, Jesus warns against being liked by a whole bunch of people. That's a sign of 
You're not right with God. And last point, number five, the purpose of power in us is to advance the kingdom of God. Acts 6, verses 8 through 10. Stephen here. Now Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Then some men rose up from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, so former slaves, by the way, who, who were free and f Jewish people who, who formed together their own synagogue, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from Cilicia and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. Check out verse 10 now. But they were not able to withstand the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Now, what this is not saying is that everybody is always going to believe and receive. That's not what this is saying. What this is saying that the advancement of the kingdom is unstoppable. It's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. Some of you need to get that in your hot in your heads. Oh, brother, the persecution, that doesn't matter. I just showed you on the screen when I when I listed point four about these examples from Acts. Did that stop them? No, it didn't. Because Stephen was martyred. Did they all did they all leave? No. What about what about when we when we um <clears throat> I didn't mention this, but on the day of Pentecost there was 120 people in the upper room. I don't know exactly the numbers that left, but it says that 500 over 500 people were there to witness the ascension of Christ, and yet only 10 days later they only they only had to wait 10 days by the way to be filled with power. They couldn't even wait. No wonder they couldn't advance the kingdom. I don't know what happened to those to, to those folks. I hope that they came to salvation. And yet, it's not a numbers game. Advancing the kingdom is not about numbers. I told you, only over 500 people saw Christ ascend into heaven. Yet only 120 people stayed around in the upper room. Only 120 people stayed. And they advanced the kingdom like never before. One man, Paul. Paul. Granted, he was sometimes Silas and then Barnabas. And of course, Timothy. Advanced the kingdom. How, how radical was Paul? Just say, hey, you know what? That is the seat over there of slavery in the Roman Empire. That's a great place to plant a church. Let's do that. Crazy, right? Yeah, the church in Ephesus, by the way. Seat of slavery in the Roman Empire. Paul was like, dang, that's a great idea to put a church there. Right? And then we see Christians fleeing places, right? People have fled California, seeking greener pastures, just to discover they should have stayed. Because Christ wants us where it's darkest. Christ doesn't need us where the light is already shining. He doesn't need us where it's all well. He needs us. He needs us to bring his light where it's darkest. We got it backwards in America, though. Man, if I'm hanging out where the light is all the time, I'm right with God. No. And I'm telling you, folks, once again, for this unction from the Lord. So I say this with all humility. Not with pride. The persecution is coming. 
It's any of what I listed today. Can you say about? Can you say that about yourself? Can you honestly say that you've been transformed? Can you honestly say that you're not trying to live? You're not trying to seek this power for your means. Uh, a um, Simon the Sorcerer. That's what he did. He saw he saw them, and he's like, "Man, I need that. Boy, it's going to boost my ministry. How much?" Are you living for Jesus? Is that what you're living for? I didn't say perfectly. I didn't say doing what this person does over there. And No, are you doing what he called you to do at the very least, though? At the very least. Do you even know what he called you to do? And are you ready to endure? Can you say that about yourself? Uh, in all honesty, I'm not condemning anybody. But we must ask the hard questions. If your life right now, at this very moment, was threatened, threatened with denying Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or we will kill you, are you, can you say to yourself, yeah, I'm ready to face that. I didn't say with some bad feeling. Who wants to do that? I mean, I prefer, I prefer to die beside my wife in the bed. That's my, that's my preferred way to die. I would love to die that way. But I am ready to face death any other way. I say that with humility, only by the power of God. Only because of the power of God living in me. That's it. That, that, that's the only reason. I'm not perfect. I'm not better than anybody else out there. I messed up just as much as anybody. But it, that's not the point. The scriptures say, Paul writes, it is no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. Yeah, Paul didn't live a perfect, sinless life. Yeah, people today probably would read Paul and put, geez, Paul, why are you such a bully? Why are you coming? Why are you so perfect, Paul? You're not perfect. Paul, yeah, Paul did die. Right? It's not in the Bible, but according to historians and scholars and theologians, Right, Paul. Paul was killed by Rome. I'm looking at my daughter over here. She knows that because she just studied that in school. He was killed by Rome. He was martyred. He was martyred. Yeah, I mean, we, we see back here. Where, why were the apostles placed in jail in the first place? In the very Peter and John. Why were they placed in jail? Because the Sanhedrin told them, "You better stop talking about this Jesus fellow, or else." And they were like, well, <clears throat> uh, we're only going to please God, and you can take what you say, and you, you can do whatever you want with it, but we ain't going to stop because, it, because we have a duty. We are duty-bound to obey God. But we don't like that in America. <clears throat> the government said, and though it's against God in so many ways, we say, okay. Right, not that long ago, and I don't know. I hear whispers in the media that they want to reinstitute lockdowns soon. Yeah, when they first did it, how many churches across America was like, "Yes, sir, government, sir, we're going to lock those churches down, and we're not going to gather as believers." Yet the Bible commands us to. 
In fact, it warns, do not what forsake the gathering of the saints. But we're like, yes, Mr. Government Man, yes, sir, yes, sir. Right? Yet they can go out there and riot and destroy, you know, Black Lives Matter can go out there and destroy everything and nothing is said about it. Right? People can protest, nothing is said about it. But don't you dare gather in church. Yes, sir, Mr. Government Man, sir. Jeez Louise, we are not living anything like a Christian life. When it goes contrary, I know, like, well, well, brother, but Romans 13. Yeah, but you didn't read the rest of it, did you? You didn't read the rest of your Bibles, did you? You just like to quote that because you heard somebody else say it, and you're like, oh, that sounded good to me. Yet, what I just told you was, Peter and John said to the Sanhedrin, right, Where, whether it is right to obey God or men, you decide, but as for us, we're going to obey God. That, that's what it actually says there. But we like to say, well, Romans 13 says. It didn't say about disobeying God there, does it? So what's going to happen? What, what about, and it's already tried to happen. California already tried this, by the way. What, what if they come and say, well, if you're going to gather together, that's fine. But give us a list of names who, of those people who are, who are gathering with you. Yeah, California tried that. By the way, that's normative in the rest of the world. China does that. What are you going to do? Are you going to capitulate? Oh, yes, 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 government, sir. Here, here, here's his list, names, addresses, Facebook accounts, emails, Twitter handles, whatever. Are you going to obey God when the time comes? I can't answer that question for you. That's between you and God. But if the Holy Spirit is convicting you today, I urge you to come before him. I urge you to repent. Some of you have never been filled with power because you've never been saved. That's, up, that's between you and God. But what I teach from this pulpit is for, the, is for the saints. If you need to come before God, maybe you've realized you're not a saint. Let me tell you the good news, though. God's ready to receive you as soon as you bow the knee and make him Lord. I didn't say you had to say any funny words. There's no sinner's prayer. I've read plenty of, of testimonies about this. You know, you know how A.W. Tozer was saved? He's on his way home from work. Heard a man preaching. So he wasn't even attending the meeting. Said, said something to the effect of, you know, hey, if you, <clears throat> if you need Jesus today, go tell him that. You know what Tozer did? He went home, A.W. Tozer did, he went home, went up to his attic, and did exactly that. That's it. You know what I was doing? I was sitting in my red chair, this red recliner we had in a tiny apartment. I was, I, was, I was done with it. I wanted God so bad. I said, Jesus, I'm so done. Listening to the world. I only want to listen to you from now on. That's what I told him. And in that moment, transformation happened. In that moment, God set me free from it all. I have no earthly, worldly way of explaining it. I can only tell you what I was and what I am. I can only tell you what I did and what I now do. I can show you the, the vast differences. 
And God hasn't, let me tell you what, friends. God hasn't stopped speaking to me since. Yeah, that's right. I, I have a conversations with God all the time. Not because I'm so much better. I'm just saying the power of God. A man who, who couldn't discern good and evil. Oh, I read these scriptures, but I couldn't discern between good and evil in them. We we need we need we need more true Christianity Christians in this country and far less cowards from the pulpits and in the pews that we have today. I may prick somebody on my I have to say it like it is. When when we refuse to speak the truth, when we refuse to stand for the truth, for whatever reasons we like to justify it with, we're we're not operating as Christians any longer. The Bible says that the let me see, the fear of man is a snare. Did you catch that? That the fear of man is a snare. You know, in Galatians 1.10, Paul says, about he talks about pleasing God or pleasing men. And he, and he makes this point. If I, if I please men, I'm not pleasing God anymore. I can't do what I do. I tell you what, if you're pleasing men today, if that's if, if that's your point, well, I got to get that money in. I can't, I can't, I can't preach without this income. Yes, you can. Believe me, none of these people in the Bible ever made an income. I believe um, my wife was has been studying this stuff. I at least might come from her. I can't remember now. But that 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 a minister in a paid position. Didn't come about until I believe the 19th century. I believe it wasn't even considered. Yeah, we're more concerned with that than pleasing God. I can't. The people in the Bible only ever operated day to day, sometimes less than that. Why do you think Paul was able to write about such things? I have known what it is to be what. Go read it for yourself, with and without. Basically, we need less cowards. We need more Christians. <sighs> Bible says, choose this day whom you will serve. I leave that, I end with that. Choose this day whom you will serve. But I will say this to you right now with all humility, not prideful at all. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I didn't say we'll do it perfectly. I didn't say me and my wife will never have an argument or fight again. Right? I didn't say that my house is always going to be clean. My kids are always going to obey perfectly. Not going to say that. But as for me and my house, you know, we will serve the Lord. Choose this day whom you will serve is the warning I leave you with. Choose this day blessings or curses. Life or death, but I'm going to tell you what, brothers and sisters, you can only choose one or the other. You can't have it both ways. This isn't Burger King. You can't have it your way. It's Yahweh or no way. God's way or no way. I leave with that warning. Let's close in prayer. Lord, I pray today, even as this message will go out later on on audio podcast, that it convicts people, that it even equips people, that, that even those who are listening and have been doing this, it would give them such a holy boldness even more so. 
for those who need it, Lord, I pray that they may receive this conviction with humility that will lead to repentance. For those who are doing right, I pray would exhort them even more, Lord. Encourage them even more to be on fire, to, to be bold, to live for you, to speak for you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, with that, with that, we're going to end. Don't forget, don't forget real quickly, though, restoring your voice now. All right, now that I'm back from sabbatical, my sabbatical, all right, don't forget restoring your voice Monday through Wednesday, 4.30, starting at 4.30 p.m. Central, right? You want know where you can find it? Well, everywhere you're, everywhere you're watching this from except Twitter, okay, I don't, I don't stream the, the show on Twitter because I can't see questions asked on tw from the Twitter platform. All right, I got I got interviews lined up to air. All right, I'll be talking uh, more in depth tomorrow um, about my sabbatical and fasting, and then what I see that has been happening, and how we uh, what we need to do from here on out. So, with that, friends, we're out. God bless.